Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome back to Who You Loving with me, Corey Dilliston. And me, Rachel Campbell. This week we're talking about catfishing, the Tinder swindler and the myths of adulthood. Who you loving by Corey and Rachel for all of your throwbacks and recommendations. Like what what's the correct way to open it? Dead natural, like ha ha ha, just catching us mid conversation. Oh yeah, just catch it. <laughs> okay. Maybe next week we'll so start natural. doing that then we'll be like Maybe I should just start it. Maybe I should hit record uh, when we're it. talking then. Instead of being like, Okay, you ready, Corey? <laughs> which is the current situation so yeah how are things with you how are you since we last Um, caught up good yeah I mean all boring as usual what about you very good same same I mean I feel like it's like we're now the last episode was like pre-payday and we're like oh my god when is payday gonna happen and then payday happened and it's like was a week later and well it's a week later for me some people some people get paid later than I do and like it's we're back it's It's like Wednesday again it's not good so and I have a wedding I have a wedding in like two weeks I think we'll have we'll have the next time we have record a podcast I'll have the wedding like a couple of days later or whatever um and so like I have that to kind of like think about and consider in relation to like money (laughs) So, um, oh, are you able to tell me where it is? Or, I think so. Like, as in, I'm not really, um, I'm not outing anyone or doing anything. It's down in Trim, nice. so that's that's where the wedding is. So, it's a fairy distance from us, obviously. So, we're going down. Um, the sorry, guys, my button's broken on my laptop, and I'm trying to like walk it <laughs> off, like, oh, it's fine, it's not fine. Um, it's in Trim, so it's a fairy distance, so it means that we'll have to go down on the, the Friday. Um, the wedding's obviously on the Saturday, so we'll go down on the Friday, and then um, we'll be staying on the Saturday as well. So it's lovely, it's busy, busy, busy. nice, which is good. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Any exciting plans? Um, literally nothing. Um, nothing. Uh, <laughs> very good. Well, we'll get started then. If we um, so we'll start off this week probably with. Let me see. Do you want to start off with watching? Corey, what have you been watching so this week? So I watched the Tinder Swindler. Do you know that came up the other day? So um, Connor and I were trying to find. So so I don't know whether you have this problem with, with Mark, in that like when we're trying to find something that we both want to watch, uh-huh. it's basically impossible. <laughs> so like, there's this app and it's called Netflix. So like Netflix, but Netflix. Right. And you put in that you're like in the UK or wherever you are and then what services you have. So if you have Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or whatever. And then you scroll. So kind of like Tinder. So you scroll left or right. So shows come up. Right. (laughs) So shows come up left or right. And um, we bio. Yeah. And they have we bio and you can click through to the trailer and stuff. Um, and I think you could probably do it on your own just to make your own list of things you'd like to watch. You could do that as well. But this was, um, so the idea is obviously if you're on the same Wi-Fi as another person who's also using the app, it should come up saying it's a match. Like, and then 
there's a show that you both want to watch. Oh, cool. We sat, no Corey, <laughs> not cool, because we sat last night, honestly, for about an hour, about an hour sitting, and I'd already done a load of them beforehand, and then he went on, he started doing, and I was like, are you just saying no to everything? And he was like, no, I'm not, and I was like, right, so basically our tastes are so diverse from each <laughs> other that nothing, nothing match. I must have swiped about 200 shows, <laughs> and not one match. So in theory, yes, it works. Uh, in practice, not so much. But anyway, sorry, I completely went off course there. I saw that show and I was like, oh, that looks like... I think I swiped right on it. <laughs> not for Connor. Connor obviously didn't. <laughs> no, I thought it was so good. So it's from the same people who made... I don't know if you watched it a few years ago. Don't F with Cats. No, I it was a bit more out there. No, it was a bit more out there. Yeah, because when I heard about that, like I heard about what they... Like what it was about and everything. I was like, no, not uh, for me. Fair, fair. Not for me, this that is one. a wee bit. This might be for you. This is. It was really good. It's like, it's. I thought it was episodic, but it's not. It's one two hour, just slightly under two hour show. Um, and I think I had seen it advertised, or I'd heard about it somewhere. Like it seemed a little bit familiar, but anyway, um, without trying to spoil it, so it's about. This guy on Tinder who goes by the name of Simon Lviv and he is an Israeli heir to a diamond company. So he's CEO of this diamond company. So you can imagine his sort of lifestyle. Super lavish, private jets, all his pictures on like holidays, yachts, just like your stereotypical like playboy sort of persona coming across on his tinder so mm-hmm. he's the the star of the show so is this i thought it's a documentary yeah yeah, yeah yeah no? yeah so it's interviewing the the main sort of girl that we first meet is this girl she's norwegian cecilia and she is like the sweetest wee girl comes across like so so nice hopeless romantic like loves Beauty and the Beast, loves love, just wants to fall in love, just wants to find her. Oh my god, I'm in literally the show. with blonde hair. Just how was I in the show? I don't know. <laughs> um, like a wee sweetheart. Like she comes so, across so nice, and she's like, "Oh, I just want to find love," and like blah blah blah. She cut. She's like, oh, "Okay, so I'm on Tinder, and I'm looking for you know someone who has similar interests to me. She's like someone who." likes beaches, likes blah, blah, blah. So she comes across Simon, swipes right, right? Whatever, swipes the, the, the like, the positive way. Yeah, that's because <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we were using that Netflix app and I explained to Connor, like, you know, oh, this is, and he was like, oh, so you know how to use Tinder? Like, um, well, I got the general premise, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i so swipe right for him instantly messages her um hey what's up i'm in london but i'm leaving tomorrow um what's the chances you want me for coffee and she's like yeah okay why not he's like okay come to my hotel of course he's staying like a five-star hotel in london she goes to meet him they have a coffee hit it off he's exactly like he looks in his pictures he's charming he's nice to her they get on so then he's like oh oh I have this business trip oh here would you just come with me 
like do you want to come with me we're going to my private jet and she's like okay let's go um so now for context like she's telling her friends this and her friends are like what the hell like what's yeah oh, I was gonna I, say it feels a bit murdering yeah like what if you get killed or if you get kidnapped blah, blah, blah. and she's like oh well I'm just gonna be spontaneous and like blah 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 goes for it so she goes for it they hit it off start a relationship now on this first date where they take the private jet to like Amsterdam or somewhere she's it's not just her and him so like he has a bodyguard he has a business partner he has an ex-girlfriend who is the mother of his child who is also traveling with him so like not the most normal dynamic but your woman as I said she loves love she goes for it and yeah so their relationship starts it he's obviously super successful businessman flying all over Europe all the time constantly flies to her wherever she is brings her to him like money is no object and eventually they are looking at a house she's gonna buy a house for them and you see the way it's like produced it's like a lot of their just like whatsapp thread um and mm-hmm. like oh that's how a lot of the relationship was you know it was he was away a lot he was working a lot blah 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 um and it just sort of then gets to a point where he is getting into a bit of bother with his business we'll say and his accounts get frozen mm-hmm. so he has to obviously he's mortified but he has to ask her for a lend of some money and she's like mm-hmm. of course no problem you know you're my boyfriend like they talked about settling down together having kids get you know they're buying a place together whatever yeah yeah no problem hands of money right next thing she has like maxed out on her loan limit right okay she's getting a new loan she's getting a new credit card she's doing blah 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 so she gets into this like spiral of borrowing money for Dad. him He's like, I'll get it back to you, uh-huh. I'll get it back to you. Oh, this has happened, so I can't get it back to you. Oh, that's happened, so I can't get it back to you. That's what happens anyway. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil it, but it come, it all comes to a head anyway. She gets to a point where she has to go to the authorities about it and then sort of launches into an investigation into him. She goes to the media as well and they get on board as well they're like investigative journalists get on board to sort of get to the bottom of who this guy is what's he doing with all this money and what's going on you know because he he talks like he's like oh i have my enemies you know well my enemies are really dangerous and and she's like okay yeah she's so like in love with him that she will do anything to protect him she doesn't question him that much you know i think Mm -hmm. like if you're watching it with like a common sense head you would be like well what's this about what's that about sort of thing but uh, you know she's just like giving him hun- like thousands and thousands I would say hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, like wow. it's not like a couple of pound it's literally it's a lot of money but he's like he's love bombing her you know like she's like oh he sends me flyers and like she's got loads of pictures of them yeah, together her money. right <laughs> So she's like so smitten by him and she's like, oh, it's going to be fine. Like she doesn't, for so long, she doesn't doubt anything, but then it comes to her head and just unfolds. We get an insight then into who he really is, what's really going on, sort of other people are involved. Um, 
I don't want to, I don't want to say too much. Other people are involved. There's a few different um people that we meet and are interviewed and involved in the documentary, and then it follows right through to the present day and shows you what scenario is, which is like mind blowing as well. But and this is on it's on Netflix, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's only recently out. Um, yeah, but. I was obsessed with it, and it's and did you say it's only is it's what an hour long or it's what? Two, it's nearly two hours. It's just one episode, yeah. Um, and I think it's like an hour and fifty or something. Um, but right, I sort okay. of watched half of it, and I was like, right, okay. And then, but I just had to finish it. Like, you do want to get to the bottom of it, and I would just say like, don't Google him or don't Google it or anything. So spoilers everywhere. Like, just give it a give it a watch. But it's funny because you say that because actually my recommendation this mm. week for watching similarly is based on truth, oh. and the whole time I was like, I really want to go. You have to refrain yourself, don't you? Uh huh. Now, to be fair, it's going to sound like spoilers straight away, but it's it's not because that's kind of the whole premise of the show. So I talked about it as my like looking forward to for this mm. week. So it's called Four Lives, mm. um, and it's on BBC iPlayer. Yeah um and it's got Sheridan Smith in it so that's uh hence the entire basis of the appeal for me um but um basically I think I read out the blurb for it last week but um it's the true story of the courageous families of four young gay men who lost their lives to killer Stephen Port um facing police failings they fought for justice for their loved ones and I think that's the important bit is the facing police failings that's yes. the bit like throughout the whole so it's it's a three-part series um I think the episodes are the guts of like an hour each or whatever I think they're actually 45 minutes or something and there's and there's three episodes so um yeah it's the police failings more so than because obviously like you know from the offset that um it's about these four men who die and you know they, they've died so that's it's not really so much of a murder mystery kind of thing it's more like watching how it plays mm. out and whether people you know are going to face consequences for the way that they behaved throughout the case and things like that so um there's as I said there's four young guys that are that were murdered um and it's so I just wanted to name them there's Anthony Walgate, Gabriel Cavari uh, Daniel Whitworth and Jack Taylor I don't remember this happening I think I said that last week I don't remember it happening I was speaking to a colleague in work today about it actually because I was like look it was like 2014 I would have just been finishing oh, uni that Maybe I just wasn't as... yeah 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 um I wasn't I think actually apparently after because I googled after I finished watching it um the release of the show was delayed because there were still inquests right. going on um so yeah, um, but I asked a colleague and they said, to be honest, I don't even think it was publicized as much in the news over here mm. as it should have been probably. So that might've been part of it too, but it's very, very good. I'll not go into too much detail because I think that kind of summarizes it anyway, if people are interested in watching it. And I think you're better just to watch it and see how it plays out. Um, I just couldn't believe there's, you know, obviously at the end of those, I don't know whether there probably was at the end of your show as well, that thing where it's like, as of right now blah blah has Mm -hmm. happened and blah blah so it was actually it's those last like two scenes two bits where they put up you know this and this has happened since you're kind of like oh seriously like that's you're just like yeah (laughs) that's what like and then after I started I was googling then I was like god that's mental like you're just like because when you actually watch how it plays out and then see what the consequences were at the end you're like that's crazy Mm -hmm. 
but but yeah so it's very very good um i would definitely recommend it and as i said it's just it's three 45 minute episodes or whatever so three slightly longer episodes but they definitely kind of like like fly in they're not yeah. you know you don't feel like oh come on like get to the end it's it's it is good it's good like good tension and stuff also the guy the the you know the guy that's facing trial for the murder of the guys um Stephen Port he is played by Stephen Merchant who people might know the name of because I don't think I would have known as I would have actually I think I did think when I saw him I was like I'm pretty sure his name's Stephen in real life like the actor Stephen Merchant he's in quite a lot of stuff oh. but he's generally usually like a comedy act yeah I know well I did yeah. not know that was his name right so he plays and he's so good like it was actually Natalie our friend was saying about um that she I think she had watched it or had seen an ad for it or something and she was like god he's brilliant in it because like from what I saw because he's so like creepy in a way that the actor normally doesn't like he doesn't obviously play that kind of role normally and it's it's really like really off-putting like it's very it, he he really brings the the person to life in the in the series. Really um, random guy to be so in yeah. that, I think. That's yeah, yeah. I think maybe he fit the like because he's very very tall. Uh, um, I'm not sure how tall Stephen Port is, but I'm assuming it was to do with like is that kind of build or the? I wonder like did he just fit the profile well or whatever? Yeah um but he was very he's very very good it was great acting by everyone in the show it was very very, very good I really enjoyed it so she plays the mother of the first guy so um Anthony Walgate Mm. she plays his mum um and she she's brilliant in it as well it's very very good and um like you open on the the first scene of the show was um it's Anthony so Anthony studied fashion in London and they're doing his like graduate showcase. So they're showing, you know, his fashion show and he's all excited and the mum's all excited for him. And you kind of see that he's like, you know, he's young and he's just like kind of just starting to kind of, you know, start his life really. And then obviously what happens happens. And it's it's really like, it is awful. And it, I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very, very good show. And it's funny because I don't think, I haven't heard that many people really talking about it. And I think it probably deserves more yeah. kudos than it's getting. Maybe I'm just not on the same channels as the people that are watching it I don't know but um it is very very good so I'd really recommend it so what have you been listening to this week so I've been listening this is a cop out and I'm sorry but I'll not spend too much too much time on (laughs) um and the only reason it's cop out is because I recommended it last series as well but they have now started their season two um and I'm really enjoying it and in fact I think they've just got funnier like it's it's very funny um it's called a bit of a mouthful Mm -hmm. and it's technically I would say a food podcast but it's I would say it's nearly more of a comedy podcast like it's so funny they just make me like I think it's probably the the main podcast that I listen to that makes me like nearly crash the car laughing like they just make me they have a really good dynamic so there's um there's three people on the podcast so you've got Sophie and Willie who are both chefs and then Michael who's the like operations manager of the like food website that they run it's called mob kitchen it's quite it's actually quite popular i think as like a as a food website so it's kind of you know it's off the back of that that they started the podcast but it's so good it's so funny just makes me laugh so much and i don't even think you have to be massively like i do listen to quite a lot of food podcasts but i don't think you would need to be like big into food or big into food podcasts to listen to it Mm. and enjoy it because it's very very good um 
I won't say a whole lot because as I said, I mentioned it in the last season anyway, but basically it's the three of them talking about, they talk about like different like food trends and different like, like there's one bit recently that they were talking about. Um, So somebody had left a review saying that Michael was too like upper class and that it irritated him. Oh, and no. they were like, you know, the other two are grand, but I can't listen to Michael. He's so like upper class or whatever. And it just really like alienates me from the show. And then they were like, so they were like, Michael, you need to wind your neck in, stop mm-hmm. being so like, so, so snooty basically. And then um, he, he's then talking in the middle of the show and about, he's like, and then on Sweetie Day when we were children and they were like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh no, like, is this one of those uh, things? And they're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> And then he's like, they were like, so what is it like you go to, like, father, when's Sweetie Jay this week? And he was like, it was always on a Saturday. <laughs> but no, it is, it's so, so good. As I said, I'll not like wax lyrical about it. It is brilliant. I think like more people should listen to it. If you're not already listening to it, it's so, so funny. Honestly, like it just gives me like such a laugh and I really look forward. You know, like one of those podcasts where you look forward to seeing them come out yeah. every week. You're like, yes, yeah. <laughs> great listening. Um, but on a similar note, if anyone has any podcast recommendations, please like tweet them in or uh, email them in to us. Because like both of us, I think, are struggling to find like, you know, no, it's not that there's plenty of good podcasts. I think we're trying to, struggling to find because I think that the thing is with the algorithm is that like you obviously see the really popular podcasts, but a lot of them are very samey too. Like if you're into crime podcasts, great because fifty percent of the chart is crime podcasts. But I'm not massively, so like it's kind of mm. you know. It's just trying to discover good podcasts. So if anyone has any recommendations, please let me know and let Corey know. Let us know. Because um, otherwise I'm going to run out of content pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm running an episode two of the season. Mm-hmm. So, um, But what about you, Corey? How, how are you getting on? How are you, what were you listening to this week? Uh, well, I was listening to a crime podcast. No, I don't know. Uh, it is actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is. No, but this like you like those, but like for me, I just think I don't know. I think they, I imagine they would make me nervous. Yeah. Um. So yeah. <laughs> so and there, there's so many like crime podcasts and the drive people love yeah. them, but yeah, but equally like for me, that it rules out a lot of the content that's out there. No, it's not. It's well, it is a crime. It's, it was never. There were no charges. There were no criminal charges placed, but it is a case. So it's called Sweet Bobby. This is one of the ones that I had seen. And didn't want to go into. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, and then I go, because then sometimes people will be like, oh, do you listen to Sweet Bobby? And obviously don't give me any contacts. So I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll look it up. And then you go and look it up. And I'm like, oh, another crime podcast. Oh, fantastic. I thought it would be about sweets <laughs> or people called Robbers. So <laughs> and I'm a sucker. I'm oh, a sucker on. for a catfish tail um love Neve and Max so that's what we've got here a cat catfish tail that's spanned over 10 years shut up I always wonder with these things like how would you not know well this is it how would you not this know like that's mad and if god love the victim Kira Assi was, was hearing us say that now she would be devastated um I know, God love her, no. but equally, you just, I don't know, like, I just don't know how, how, like, how would you get, like, I don't know, how, like, especially, like, I mean, if somebody was, like, oh, it's six months in, I find out, you'd be, like, okay, well, maybe, fair enough, maybe, but, like, ten years. Ten years, and, like, as she says, that's 
that's time she is never getting back. Like that's her. Yeah. That's yeah. her thirties. It was her thirties. She was like, I don't know if I'm if I'm ever gonna have kids because I thought I was in a relationship with a make believe person, basically. But for ten years and they never met. Never. So there is one encounter. They have one encounter, right? Well, she thinks they have an encounter. So the person that is being that is being impersonated is unaware of this is so the, the catfish isn't is is pretending to be this real person bobby right and uh-huh. bobby is someone that kirat bumps into on a night out at the very very early stages of them talking online so she bumps into right. him on a night out and is like oh hiya what's the crack or not what's crack, but like hi whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the American equivalent. No, it's it's is. English. It's English. Um, so oh, she English. <laughs> she bumps into him in Brighton and is like hello or whatever, and he sort of ignores her a wee bit, and she's like, so she thinks at the point where she bumps into this guy who's the real Bobby, yes. she has already speaking to fake Bog- yeah. Bobby Boggy. <laughs> So she thinks this is the um, guy that she's been speaking to online. No, that's so bizarre. And he kind of ignores her. So she's like, all right. And like, fair enough. Like, maybe it's just like early days. Maybe he's nervous. Like, she's with all her friends, whatever. Grant, she doesn't really think much of it. But like, it becomes outrageous. Like, so he tells her that he is. Um, so she's like a radio journalist. So she, a radio journalist, a radio presenter. So she's uh-huh. on a radio show she does he is a cardiologist but he tells her as they make the chat whatever they don't make sorry they chat online um they get to know each other he eventually tells her that he is in witness protection he so i think it was like something that happened like did he was he did he do time i don't know he was in witness protection anyway she's like right okay grand whatever and then what happens is it's not just your average catfish that you see on MTV because there is like a network of people who know him. Like, and basically it's all a catfish web. Um, so it's just one Shut person. Up. So, but to be fair, the original catfish, the movie, do you remember they had, didn't they, wasn't there other yeah. people involved or was it? No, but it was the one person. They'd like set up all these Facebook, Book yeah. accounts for like so say like it was like Bobby but then it was like oh and his sister Sarah and his whatever and there's all these people and then that way like when the person added people on they could that ch- yeah, was similar yeah, again mutual friends yeah. all they're all in the same group all all that sort of thing yeah it's exactly like that so no doubt the catfisher has seen that documentary um anyway so I uh, ten years basically she is like she ends up so Bobby first of all is about his protection he's gets really sick he has to have like he's like on his deathbed for a long period of time he's in hospital for a long period of time yeah so they're all they text every day they ring every day they don't video call his phone i was actually like reading interviews with her since because she doesn't the podcast doesn't really focus on her in the sense that I think it's trying to really steer you so far from that victim shaming that they don't, you know, a lot of people's questions would be, 
how how did she fall for it? How did she not spot yeah, well, that was what were the red and flags? And I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that's never really addressed head on. I don't think in the podcast. So it's not her presenting the podcast. No, or anything, so no. it's presented by like an investigative journalist, a guy called Alexi Mostris. So he's looking into it. What a great he, name. <laughs> she is on it. She gives interviews and all. She gives. She's really, really cooperative. They eventually, um, once. So what happens is this all goes on. The catfish, catfisher eventually confesses. They try and get the catfisher on the podcast as well. They try and make contact. I think they go they even go to their house and like leave a letter they don't have any part in it the police don't get involved they well they try to go to the police the police won't take on the case they say it's not criminal but there are sort of professionals interviewed on the podcast that say there could be grounds here for a case it's like coercive control it's like harassment manipulation mm-hmm. over 10 years like mm-hmm. she like crazy stuff like she said that like she had to go off her job she had to go off on the sick for a long period of time she lost loads of weight like she wasn't allowed to like go out he wouldn't let her go out like he would make sure that she's in all the time and like not speaking to other men and like you know like she was like they were intimate on the phone to each other and like oh yeah and then it's just insane Uh, it's it's one of those you you just want to find out what happens. Surely that's like almost like stalking. Yeah, it's like, but like it is like because like harassment. Because like yeah, fair enough. Obviously, yeah, obviously she's partaking it, but she's partaking it under the assumption that you're a different person. Right. And then it's it's just I just think it's insane. And when like my friend said, she knew who it was going to be. Um does it reveal in the podcast so it like builds uh, up who it could be and then builds up but reveals okay. fairly early on and then basically find out that this person in the present day is just well to be fair they you can't find them on social media they've had to like delete their social media but i think that's like as much damage has been done to them sort of thing they had to maybe get um anonymize themselves a wee bit but they had like a really reputable job their life was not affected at all. They had to, they did apologize in the form of a private letter that like Kira wasn't allowed to share with people like legally and stuff like lawyers were involved. Um, insane. It's six episodes, I think. So short and sweet, but if you are partial to a crime slash catfishing, Okay. To be fair, that one doesn't scare. It's not like, scary. You wouldn't be like freaked out listening yeah, to it. Yeah, so then maybe I I could probably listen to that um, one. It's <laughs> it's more like think of it like a research piece like this. It's being narrated by this guy. Like yeah. he's like he's taking it in and he's um meeting up with all the people that are relevant and it's just insane that there's no like criminal case there because you think of like. But see, it's it's such a new yeah. thing. You see, it's like that. Um. Like, do you remember the law they put in place not super long ago about, like, sharing people's nudes yes. and stuff? If somebody had sent you a nude photograph, that if you were to share that, that you could be brought to court uh, over it. But that was, all, that was all really recent, like, in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Because obviously before that, do you know, there no, wasn't... Sort of history it wasn't of it, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like people didn't just have cameras living in their pockets all the time that were able to send other people, you know? 
Um, yeah, why? So you enjoyed it anyway? Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, but I know what you mean. Like I, I have seen it everywhere being recommended. So I'm just like, okay, I'll give it a go. Um, no, it was good. I mean, yeah, it's like consistent the whole way through. Like there's no, it's not like a big build up to the end or anything. It's like you find out a few episodes in, maybe like three or four episodes in who it was and then just sort of the aftermath the next few episodes but uh-huh. I enjoyed it very good well what um what have you been reading this week yeah so it was what I was looking forward to last week Luster by uh-huh. oh yeah Waven Leilani hope I'm saying that right so we I had like briefly described to you and you were like is it like such a fun age in that it was like a young 20 something black woman getting involved with a white family Mm-hmm. I would say yes in the sense of that's obviously the premise but this she's like romantically involved with this guy do you know I thought about that afterwards it was when I was editing the podcast you were like yeah and I was like oh okay uh, so <laughs> not involved like she's their no. <laughs> although there is like she does help them with their child anyway so this girl she's like 23 um I feel like she makes questionable life decisions. Which, to be fair, at 23. Uh, Didn't we all? A bit more <laughs> reckless, I would say, than the average okay. person. Um, but um, someone described it. I read someone describe this as a portrait of a young woman trying to make sense of her life. I would say in a, like, a very extreme case, like, Anyway, so she gets involved with this older man, Eric, who is mm-hmm. seemingly in an open marriage, but with rules. So I don't really know the, the okay. typical terms of an open marriage. I don't know, but this one has rules anyway. Um, so she, they have a relationship, not, not in the sort of conventional sense, but they are seeing each other, maybe casually, we'll say and then Mm -hmm. he like it's and it's not like their relationship can be like a bit disturbing I would say like it's like they there is violence in it and just a bit rough um so they have this relationship he doesn't get back to her for a while it doesn't text her back or something and she ends up like this is probably spoiler as well by the way so she ends up meeting his wife his wife uh-huh. then knows who she is, however way she's figured that out. And then they take her in because she loses her job and can't afford to pay her rent. So they take her into uh-huh. their house. She lives with them. They stop their sort of affair for a little while, her and the husband, but then that sort of resumes. They also, the husband and wife have an adopted daughter who is also black. Uh-huh. So Edie bonds with the adopted daughter sort of reluctantly as well um, uh-huh. on both sides so they have this dynamic it's a household with like the, the wee girl is like old enough to know what's sort of going on here Edie what age is the, the adopted child is she like 12 or 13 maybe um, so she's right. not like a baby um, she's wise enough and so they sort of have 
their connection or their relationship she don't they the the girl at the start is like i was like resistant to her but they do bond eventually um and so edie is unemployed she's like looking for jobs and she's a painter she's a really talented painter um so what she does she starts like finding things in the house and just like painting what she sees um you know she paints the husband and wife in bed like it's a bit bit wacky but i find it really addictive reading do you ever read a book okay. and you're just like oh i can't wait to go to bed and you read that yeah. yeah 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 and i don't know really why because it's like as i said parts some of the relationships dynamics some of the scenes are disturbing but right okay but in a way that you were like i want to see what happens next i want to see what happens next and then i mean in the end up i don't i don't want to spoil it in the end up she the wife asks her to leave basically she can't live with them any longer and and that's it she goes back gets a job um goes back to painting um and that's it but i i just thought it was just unlike anything like really unlike such a fun age but starts off with like i can see why those that little description would make you think it's like that but then there yeah, are the sort yeah. of say you know race is obviously a theme identity all of that um and you do like feel sorry for Edie because of her recklessness and like self-destructive ways is the only way to describe it and then you're like trying to mm-hmm. figure out the wife like how is she okay with all of this like what's her what's her mo like what why she wants to stay close and like Edie's staying in their house and she's like find they like leave her money but she doesn't know who's leaving the money every day and then there's an instance where Edie and the daughter are like or the daughter's like subject to racism and Edie's like defending her and it's just there's so much going on but I just find it a really addictive read I can't really put my finger on why um (laughs) but I enjoyed it and it's short as well I think it's only like 200 pages or something um which is like a lot going on, like really strange characters and strange writing as well, I would say. Um, but that's what I was reading anyway. Um, what about you? What were you reading? So I was reading something very, very different from what you were reading. So I think that probably slightly lighter. Um, so I had read, um, well, This is Exhausting by S- Sophia Benoit. Um, it was one of the good reads, like, top non-fiction or something for 2021 I also keep disorientating myself and thinking it's 2021 now Mm -hmm. and the 2020 just happened but it's actually 2022 um (laughs) it's just very I don't know so um yeah so I had read that um I've written down so I have a few quotes to share from it um basically it's a memoir and one of the quotes that I have to share from it as well I think kind of summarizes what it's about and what kind of like what the energy is and it's I really enjoyed it I feel like if we it's one of those you know like when you're reading a book and then um you sorry I'm trying to find I had like oh there we go uh-huh. I was trying to find I had like left the book open on kindle on the right page and then it like disappeared um when you're reading a book and the author especially memoirs I think and you're like I wish that person was my friend like I think we would be good friends like why can't we be friends so yeah I love that <laughs> so 
that's kind of how I feel. But um, the bio for Sophia Benoit, sorry, for Sophia Benoit, when you Google her name, it comes up saying, Sophia Benoit is a writer and co- comedian who grew, why can't I talk? It's, it's where like, I do a podcast for, I was going to say for <laughs> a living, it's not for a living, it's for a hobby. Um, is a writer and comedian who grew up in Missouri and was correctly voted most likely to never come back. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> That's like so, um, him. so literally, <laughs> oh, do I have to blank that out? <laughs> but um, so yeah, the she kind of writes about why she chose to write her memoir. Um, so I'm gonna read out that piece, and then I've got a couple of quotes as well. But it goes like this. About five years ago, when I first set out to write this book, most of the funny nonfiction books I'd read by women, of which I have read many, were chock-a-block full of women being a mess. They were stories of disastrous one-night stands, raucous parties with minor celebrities, charming, brackets, insanely privileged, Mm. tales of 20-something white women getting fired from shitty jobs and moving back home for a month before getting offered a salaried gig with health insurance in the big Mm. city. Everyone, I felt, had a story about a bad breakup, mountains of cocaine, a sketchy hostel on a European vacation, the alienation of people you love, and the morning after pill. Sometimes that was all one story. To me, this was the template. Take your craziest, funniest stories, the stories that painted you in a kind of bad but not too bad light, put them in a bag, shake them up, and you've got a memoir. You're a person to whom things have happened. I don't have those stories. (laughs) She then goes on to... It like in the following like page, she talks about how one time she was at her friend's bachelorette party, and they all decided to do cocaine, and she started crying because of the peer pressure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this, this woman is me. <laughs> Hard relate. Um. So yeah. So the whole book is full of like really just funny stories. She's very like she is very funny, very quick. And um, the chapter names and things um are made me laugh so much. So like section one, in which I re- try really hard to be a good kid for my parents, miss out on a normal youth because I was fat, and then date someone who sucks. Oh. <laughs> and immediately I was like drawn in. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then like there's some quotes. So I've I've saved a few different quotes, but um. She says, rom-coms get a lot of shit for setting unrealistic expectations for women. As if anything that happens in the Transformers franchise is somehow more likely to happen than dating a less less shitty than the last guy guy. Mm-hmm. Then she's got like, as I said, all each section has like a really funny title. So this one was, things I want my little sisters to know, which I will write here since they aren't texting me back right now. <laughs> and some of the advice... <laughs> Some of the advice she includes is um, remember that you do not. This is one that we definitely learned in our 20s. Remember that you do not need to be friends with your roommates. You need to be roommates with them. The two are distinct. It's not always better to live with a friend. Sometimes at the end of a long day, you just want to come home to tack its silence. (laughs) She also puts in um, the secret to finding a good partner is to look for someone who also did all the work in group projects. (laughs) Um, if someone breaks up with you and they suck uh you should call your best friend so you guys can talk about how much they suck they will remind you of your all of your ex's flaws yes and then this other this is actually about 
finding your first partner. Um, here's the thing. Everyone's first partner sucks. For the exactly 492 people who are reading this, who married their first partner, just ignore me and roll your eyes at yet another enemy of your love. Mm-hmm. First loves are terrible. It's like getting the chicken pox. You have to do it once just so you don't have to do it again later. When you're an adult and it's, then you're an adult and it's worse. Unlike chicken pox, we have not figured out a vaccine or a workaround, nor do they let you out of school if you suffer from it. So in that way, being in love or dating someone for the first time is even worse than a viral infection. Um, And then finally, one more bit that I really enjoyed was she'd written a list of everyone I've ever wanted to like me. And on that list, she has included my little siblings, uh, all of my friends' parents, especially their mom. <laughs> and she also <laughs> she also included her own parents <laughs> in that list. <laughs> um, so I just really enjoyed it. It's just it's like kind of, because we never, I don't really want to compare it to everything I know about love, but it is that kind of like 20-something memoir that's very funny. Yeah. Um, and you do actually get quite a bit of wisdom out of it as well. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. And I kind of just wanted to like devour everything she's ever written after reading yeah. it. Um, and it was very light too. And it didn't take me, I think it took me like two nights now, to be fair, two nights of very limited sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to just sit and read it because, it, you know, it was easy yeah. to read too. It did, you know, it wasn't super mentally exhausting or anything, um, which is hilarious because the title of the book is, well, this is exhausting. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I've been reading. And then off the back of that, we have our topic for the week, uh, which is what did you think as a child it would be like being an adult that you were completely wrong about? And I've written many points about this. <laughs> okay, go away you go then. Get us started. <laughs> So I've written down the first one. I think this is something we were talking about recently because our friend Aoife turned 30, which is mad, but also not that mad because I also turned 30 in like two mm-hmm. months. So, um, but you're just like, how are you 30? 30 is an adult. And then it's like, oh, wait, we're oh, all <laughs> So that was the first thing I wrote down. 30, when I was young, I thought 30 old. was a real life functioning adult, like a real legit, you know, two and a half kids. Yeah bought a house like white picket fence yeah. adults and like I would say and I thought that up and like I didn't just think that as I was a child I'd say I thought that until I was 20 25 like <laughs> 29 literally I remember meeting a friend who was 28 when I was 24 and I was like oh she's so grown up uh-huh like what yeah yeah I know I know it's mad so I'd written that down um I had written I assumed when you were a kid that like your house so like once you move into your house it would just like you would obviously decorate it in a way that reflected your personality and that you really enjoyed so like everyone just lived in houses that like looked the fitted them mm. like that's that was a thing you know like in tv shows and things mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like it was based entirely on that like I didn't think about the fact that most people obviously up until like well, if you're lucky, your 30s are renting and then you can't paint the walls and you can't do much about the furniture they provide you with. And you can't like you're living in somebody else's house that they designed probably just to rent it. So it's kind of cheaply finished. Shout out to my landlord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> Shout out to my landlord. That's and, a new, uh, new little mix you know, 
it'll be my it'll be my hit once I get out of this bloody house. I'll be calling it. But um, so <laughs> that was definitely a direct threat. I'm gonna take that back. That was not. <laughs> but um so yeah so I assumed that I also wrote down I assumed there'd be a lot more wine mm. I just assumed like I always feel like in tv shows when people come in from their day of work mm. that they just like pour themselves a glass of wine very or like, like dinner with their white spice. woman isn't it yeah that there's just always going to be loads of wine like there's never it's never a tin of pepsi no, like, no, no. <laughs> which, is, which is what it normally is in our house so it's like you know um I just assumed there'd be more wine um, I also assumed that weddings were always big parties, mm-hmm. which to be fair, they are most of the time. But that was an assumption I made as a kid that like there was no such thing as not a big mm-hmm. wedding. Um, and I also thought that they were top tier social events, um, which I mean, weddings are lovely and it's lovely to see your friends get married. But realistically, they're all very similar. Uh, oh, shots fired. <laughs> Sorry, but like, and I don't like, I'm really not trying to shade anyone. Anyone's wedding who I've been to that I've been invited as a guest, I've loved being there. And it's so lovely to see people that you care about get married that 100%. And that's what it's all about, really. But I think the problem is that, like, I think, and I take like more from the perspective of being friends with brides, so being friends with people who were getting married and they're like freaking out about like the minutiae. But really, like you're literally you're gonna go you're gonna get married there's gonna be a cocktail hour there's gonna be a sit down dinner there's gonna be a disco that's what's gonna happen like and that it's the same for everyone so (laughs) don't like freak and I mean that I'm coming from like a night I'm not coming from a shady place on that I mean like really it's just they're all pretty similar they follow similar patterns so like don't freak out about it it's not it's not gonna be like obviously it's gonna be a very special day for the bride and groom and for their guests to get to see them get married but like it's not the be all and end all if you don't have the perfect ice sculpture mm-hmm. or <laughs> you know floral wall or whatever it is so I wrote that down then um there were lots of things that I thought this is my last point lots of things that I thought were glamorous when I was a kid oh, yeah that like now I realize are just very taciturn and not that big of a deal so one of those things that like I, I don't know whether you're gonna agree with me or whether you're gonna be like Rachel you're an absolute weirdo one of those things is car keys. I always thought like having car keys and having house keys was very glamorous. No, isn't there a thing about this? Not about this specifically, but oh, I swear my friend told me about it. The guy that goes about the bar slash restaurant slash hospitality hospitality facility with the keys. Uh-huh. That that is that's uh-huh. like a whole persona, like oh you know right oh, he's, really? he's the owner or like his family own it or oh, he's a ma- okay, deputy right, manager, the manager like right, the, okay, key, okay, the, okay. the key guy um the key so guy. that probably comes from the same sort of wavelength of keys but do you remember like no it's more like do you remember when you were a kid and you were like shopping and like one of your parents would forget something in the car or whatever they were like, oh, I forgot the shopping bags or whatever. Could you go back and get them? And they give you the keys and you go over and be like, click. Like, I unlocked the car I owned at age 11. <laughs> I used to think car, like having a car, it wasn't even having a car. It was like having car keys. Like, oh, I, do you know why I'm holding this key? Because I have a car. 
it's parked outside <laughs> I feel like that reminds <laughs> me of like when kids wear like high heels it's like oh look at me and yeah, my mom's high heels like yeah. yeah yeah but sometimes like I feel like that as an author sometimes I'm like do you know yeah. what I mean it's like that thing I don't know whether like you've seen it's probably made its way to Instagram reels at this stage but it was like a TikTok thing where it was like when you're talking to your boyfriend and then you're re- you talking to your husband and then you realize he's just some guy you met on Tinder <laughs> <laughs> it's like that kind of thing of like like when you're doing stuff day to day as an adult that you when you actually think about it like what's the word like in a meta sense like if you think about it outside of what you're actually doing you're like this is this is wild yeah. like I still get it and you're probably the same because we both kind of came to driving like later than average yeah. sometimes when I'm driving my car I'm like oh me driving yeah <laughs> uh, sometimes I get and I'd be like what if I what if I just forget like what if I just don't what if I just veer off the road or what if I just like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. scare yourself is, yeah <laughs> um so yeah car keys was one of the things takeaways I thought were so glamorous like getting a takeaway pizza or getting like a takeaway is this like is this exposing something about my childhood you've got like sympathy for it like to be fair for 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 context I have there's eight of us eight brothers and sisters I think I probably have mentioned that before so like takeaways were not like a massive thing because like obviously takeaway for eight people or ten people really is like a huge amount of money that's like as much as you pay. yeah do you know what I mean I get that but equally like like so now I well I used to think that like ordering in pizza or ordering in like you know like and you know like when you think of like I think we talked about it before but like the Chinese cartons that you see on the TV mm-hmm. that are like the noodle boxes or whatever and the chopsticks like that kind of thing or ordering like a big pizza yeah. in or like ordering do you know what yeah. I mean it was like ooh, no glamorous. I get what you mean because like you, even I feel like the that's maybe even like a city country thing because like we would have got like chips and like fish uh-huh. and chips or something whereas like if you were to get like takeaway yeah, pizza yeah. like I feel like I only did that in my adult yeah. life or like Domino's yeah. like I remember when we moved to college obviously thinking Domino's like the height of situation <laughs> actually like literally your last choice the worst like. pizza like honestly 100% like the worst pizza though to be fair I did try their vegan pepperoni recently and it was, and it was actually quite delicious so I'll I'll give pizza or Domino's I was gonna say pizza hot R.I.P. <laughs> pizza hot doesn't exist in Northern Ireland anymore um so yeah takeaways and then I also on a similar vein coffee cups you know, like disposable uh, coffee cups like that's so glamorous true. you've got your latte uh, <laughs> and I still like at nearly 30 don't like coffee <laughs> so like I'm like strutting around by hazelnut hot chocolate <laughs> <laughs> I'm late for a meeting, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like on my phone, like, yes, I'll get the, I'll get that side deck over to you. And the woman in the background's like, do you want marshmallows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is, those are my my adulting things. What about you? Uh, I I th- I actually had written down coffee. I just thought that was like a grown yeah. up thing. I do. I think as well there's like a list of things I said this to you before because Natalie our friend Natalie who's also it's like she's quite like I don't want to expose details about Natalie's life but what I'm saying is she's got a very like she's a grown-up she has a refined palate mm. she likes coffee and blue cheese and like seafood and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what I, there's like a list of like food dark chocolate yeah. another one I don't like dark chocolate like it's like there's food food that is exclusive for adults yeah. uh coffee is definitely one of them 
And then I wrote down, I think I thought as a child that adults were all really smart. As in, like, when I watch, like, I remember I used to, like, watch just, like, the daytime quiz shows or whatever, thinking the really smart people on that. Or, like, when you when you grow up, you get really smart. And, every, and then mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, God, like, when, when was I peak intelligence? Like, has that mm-hmm. already happened? Like, well, there's that, like, there's obviously, in ta- like, as in, like, what you assume, like, what you When you know the most. When you're a kid. Yeah, but yeah, like, as in facts mm. and figures. But then, like, obviously, as we get older, our, our perception of intelligence changes um, to include, like, emotional intelligence and stuff as well. And I think that's, another, like, you know that, that moment when you realize that like your parents are just people mm-hmm. like they're literally just people like they're not they don't know everything they don't necessarily know what they're doing <laughs> they're literally just like living their <laughs> lives <laughs> they're not like all wise all yeah. knowing know what to do in every situation yeah um I think that's something that I think you realize it's usually by when you get to uni at some point you go oh right they're actually literally just people trying to be humans in this world <laughs> yeah exactly like we're all we're all in the same boat um and then Uh I think I also thought that um adults were just like um health and fitness was just part of your life like I didn't really think that that is something that you have to actually actively practice Uh Uh adults just that that's just so grown up it's just a given and it's like, oh my god, no! Yeah, like, yeah. Actually, I need to start. You know what? Was it like Cameron Diaz that said, like, find an exercise that you like or that you don't hate in your twenties or something? Mm-hmm. Maybe I, this could be wrong. Um, something like that. Cameron Diaz said something. Find it something an exercise or physical activity. <laughs> Google Cameron Diaz exercise. <laughs> she said something. Coach. I swear she said it. Like <laughs> maybe she said it by the age of twenty five or something. Because I remember looking this up specifically in the lead up to my birthday one year. So maybe she said that. I'm gonna fact check that after this. But anyway, I just assumed it was part of adulthood that you just grew into or like fell into um a healthy lifestyle. Um, which is obviously not true and then similarly I, I had actually thought about I, I'll just quickly interject about the fact that I assumed you would have a fridge full of like groceries and just like know what to cook every day like it wouldn't just be like oh I'll just buy that one or two things that I need to make this dinner and then you buy them and then you forget that they're there and then you end up throwing them out yeah which is my routine so okay no so, stuff like that that you just didn't think about and then I think I just thought they mine are actually all quite depressing, quite demanding. Um <laughs> I thought that adulthood would be more liberating in that obviously you don't have the like parental restrictions of a child, but uh-huh. the reality is obviously yes, you have more freedom, but you're more trapped in different ways or something. You're restricted yeah. in different yeah. ways, aren't you? In the like uh-huh. little mundane worries that you have or something. So that's why I always I stick by that like the best years of your life for university because you're got all the like you've got all the freedom of being an adult. Yeah. But like none of the responsibilities of being an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this. Or very few of the responsibilities. It's like this, you know, like happy in between. Mm-hmm. 
sorry, I'm looking up a Camadeus quote and I can't find it. Um, I'm going to find it. So, yeah, that is it for the throwback, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, and then our topic of the week, I just thought this might be nice considering, like, we've just finished January. This is lovely to end on like, as well, I think. Yeah, I thought it was like, we were just talking about, like, what do you do? Like, what do we do? And we'd love to know what you guys do. So if you could, if you write in and tell us, um, if you've had a really bad day, like what, what is, what's your go-to comfort scenario? Um, do you want to go first, Corey? Okay, I have a few I'll go with. So I think it does depend on like, there are like a few things I'll go through and I'll be like, well, I do, I'll, I'll do one of these things depending on maybe other mm-hmm. factors. Like there are other variables. Sometimes I do, and this is very rare and it takes like a, like, I have to have a really weird feeling. But I'll just like switch off my phone for like an hour or two. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. as long as I can do it off my phone. God forgive me. But um <sighs> sometimes some days call for that as a maybe not a way of like directly self care, but it's just what I need to do to like just unwind, unwind. get away from it. Yeah. Um also I will walk my dog. Um and just like hang about with them. Um, which I do anyway, so that's just sort of helps you like get a wee bit of escapism from the day. And then another thing, phone a friend. Um I think sometimes it's good to like check in with other people, ch- like get out of your own head, talk to someone else, ask mm-hmm. them about their day, see what the crack is with them. Mm-hmm. Um, makes you forget about yourself a wee bit. Um and makes you realise like maybe you're what's that word catastrophizing things yeah yeah catastrophizing Uh, you know in your own head so that um or sometimes a wee bit of exercise but like in a very short amount um but sometimes I actually do feel like the endorphins help so those (sighs) are my go-tos it's nothing strenuous but that's what I would say I would do so I wrote down, I had like, I wrote down comfort food. I did a couple mm-hmm. of sections, comfort food, comfort movies. Mm-hmm. And then um, making, I wrote written down making the living room huggy. Because you remember a few years ago, that big trend of like, hookah. Yes, was there was a book, hookah. wasn't there? I hope like. Yeah, yeah. I hope like no Swedish people are listening and being like, isn't it? It was Swedish, wasn't it? Um, or Danish. It's probably Danish. Danish. I think mm-hmm. it was. Um, I think it might have been Danish. Um, but yeah, and then so whenever that trend happened, I used to always say to my husband, who wasn't my husband at the time, he was just my boyfriend, he was just some man I met one day. Um, and um I'd be like putting like blankets out in our living room, lighting candles, like putting fairy light, like mood lighting, all of that. And he'd be like, What are you doing? And I used to be like, I'm making the living room huggy, um, because I didn't know how to pronounce. Um, and I still don't um so now that's like a known thing so then like he now sometimes if I'm in bad humor he'll like make the lift room huggy Um, so um so yeah so making the living room huggy I would say is one of my things like I like have my blankets and my candles and my like low lighting Mm -hmm. and sometimes like nice music on Alexa as well in the background things like that um so that's one of my things I've written down for comfort food. Um, always pasta, pasta for me. Uh, mac and cheese. Um, 
yeah so pasta or pizza and then I also wrote down hazelnut hot chocolate because I do love a wee hazelnut hot chocolate um and then french toast I think is another comfort oh, food for me that. I really like french toast um and then I said I wrote down chocolate or sweets question mark because some people are chocolate people and some people are sweets people I'm more of a chocolate person I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um ooh, um I think we might have a ghost in the house the box just moved on its <laughs> own but it's fine um and then I wrote down for comfort movies chick flicks or Disney movies so my go-to's probably like Disney movies wise Beauty and the Beast I think mm-hmm. I do love all of them though like I mean I could literally watch any Disney movie um and then um the princess diaries i love the princess diaries i love the princess diaries like it's such a comfort movie for me i just love it um and similarly like pretty woman which is also the same director Mm -hmm. gary marshall Mm -hmm. um i love it as well it's so like they're just like hug movies like they feel like they're like a wee wee huggy movies um yeah hockey movies um and then the last one I wrote down is the wizard of oz because I went through a phase when I was 16 where I literally 16 not not six <laughs> by the way 16 where I loved the wizard of oz and literally put it on every time I felt sad which was a lot when I was 16 oh. so I watched it a lot <laughs> um and it's also like just like I think it's one of those things I think where like and probably for all the movies I've just described actually they're all, they're all like literally like like little stories and they follow a very like typical structure there's no major surprises like it's going to be like good versus evil or whatever and then at the end of it everyone's going to be happy so those kind of movies are are good for me to kind of like okay maybe things aren't so bad it'll be fine (laughs) um so yeah so that's um that's pretty much everything and if anyone wants to let us know what they do for their like comfort I'd love to know your comfort eats and your comfort films and what you guys do because um I might get a couple of tips (laughs) um (laughs) so please send them in we've got um obviously we've got our twitter account so we've been quite active and I say we I mean it's me (laughs) but um (laughs) um on our twitter this week um we have a couple of tweets up about we had uh, St Bridget's day there a couple of days ago so um we had a couple of tweets about St Bridget um good woman and uh um so you know obviously top tier content so you should be following us on there um so it's at who you love and pod um and if you send us a wee tweet we might mention it or if you have any any thoughts that you'd like us to chat about any topics or hearbacks or anything please let us know um and then we also do have our email address which is who you love and podcast at outlook.com i always forget the, the name of the email address every time i go to say it um, but all of those, they both be linked in the show notes anyway, so you can find us down there. Um, so finally, what are you looking forward to for next week, Corey? So I am looking forward to reading In Order to Live by Yon Lee Park. Um, it was recommended to me by a friend. It's about a girl who was born in North Korea and her escape and her life now. So it's a... The Bad Korea. The bad Korea. So, uh, <laughs> which side of Korea? <laughs> so, yeah, I've done, I'm, I'm about a third of the way through it at the minute, but um, okay. looking forward to finishing it and reviewing next week. What about you? I am looking forward to it, and you're going to be like, uh, you absolute sneak for putting this in as my looking forward to. I'm looking forward to finishing um, and just like Woo! that, so we can talk I'm about so it. Yeah. So um, we can we can uh, do a wee review of that because we both obviously have been watching it and we can finish up and um, 
see what we thought of the series as a whole. And I know we were just talking there before we started recording that they're releasing a like behind the scenes documentary as well. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, and actually, by the time we record again, both of those will have been released. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So looking forward to that. It'll be good. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm nervous of mentioning the book I'm reading at the minute because I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy the end oh. of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, and like we try and keep things light, it's who you love and not who you hate. <laughs> um, but that is everything I think from us this week. We're looking forward to catching up in a couple of weeks' time. And oh, as we mentioned before, you can now rate us on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify, oh, yeah. you can rate the show. Um, we can't take constructive criticism, so if it's not a five star, don't leave it. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and that's pretty much all for us for this week. And we'll catch up again in two weeks. Thank you. Bye. bye.